Bienvenue, mes amis. Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast in North America, including Canada. Which Beyond. is where Montreal is. Bienvenue. And the world. Mm, Smoked meat. <laughs> <laughs> I am your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. And I'm your devoted lover, Ellen Ito. Je suis la satisfied virgin, Joe Garber. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight, we get to discuss two hearts in three to four hours. Or three, no, three quarter time. In three quarter time. Three to four hours. <laughs> this is what it felt like. It really did. Uh, would Uh-oh. you Would you like to tell us, Joe, what oh. happened in this episode uh, in 60 seconds or less? My first. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. What happened? Jesus. I have to think. Okay. What didn't happen? Let I me mean, start it's a real hullabaloo. It is wild. <laughs> Sorry, spit take out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Two hearts in three quarters time. <laughs> Max has passed away, and the hearts are mm. at his estate uh, giving. I don't know what you call it. Where they <laughs> and the hearts and Marie, his niece, are at his estate. Uh, lawyer thing uh they give they he gives them something that they don't know about at (laughs) marie's uh antique shop and it's a clock but marie's antique (laughs) co-dealer like hid something in the clock there's twenty thousand characters within four minutes of this movie um the hearts are friends with uh joan collins and she her husband is cheating on her with the the blonde antique girl fruza balk fruza balk tries to steal the clock back over and over again to get this whatever's in the clock back and the hearts don't know what it is and it turns out it's joan collins it's proof that joan collins killed her ex-husband uh and the hearts find that out on a character Cell in Montreal. The whole thing's in Montreal. This is the worst Minute Max I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. This is a really hard one. Oh my god! This my is really. I'm I'm tempted to say like we should we could we could play by uh, Sisler Community Playhouse rules and you can do two minutes. This one is not possible. I do don't think a, two a minute. minutes. Well, more time doesn't help. Doesn't improve. It wouldn't my help me. Chances. It would intimidate yeah, me. Yeah, I would just not, start rambling even more. I mean. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm thought. just going to say if you if you feel the need, <laughs> take the extra time. But I like I'm not going to. I can't. It, yeah, it's it's not going to help. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. unless we're doing, uh, we're doing the minute max in metric. Yeah. Because of Canada, would that make it longer? A Canadian minute sure. is to American minutes. A Canadian, well, no, I think we're at parity. Having another minute for the minute max would have just had me stumbling over what a lawyer estate giving is called. <laughs> A will reading? A will reading? Okay. Okay. An estate something. Settling of the estate? Settling the estate? Okay. So no word I mean, it's a, it's a reading of the will. Reading of the will. That's what it was, right? Yeah. It was the reading yeah. of the will. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't sound right, but okay. Ellen, stop stalling. Yeah. thank you joe the check is in the mail (laughs) but it's just kidding i'm going to bequeath it to you which means i leave it to you after i am dead the estate bequeathment yes bequeathness (laughs) all right this is so such an exciting opportunity for me Mm -hmm. to talk about this movie 
<laughs> I can't even remember. Okay, shit. All right. Two hearts in three quarter time. A title that I have to say right off the bat, I find confusing because it's not super music-y okay, mm -hmm. but maybe I'm missing it and that would not be a shock to anybody. Okay, so um, Max has passed away. It's horrifying. And there's this sad part with the lawyer and the lawyers reading in Max's own words the stuff. And then they have, go on this trip to Montreal that they had planned before Max sadly passed away uh, during uh, an operation. So they go to Montreal where Max's niece Marie, who we never seen before, mm -hmm. is um, giving them these envelopes that Max has given her. There's a surprise. Max has made this clock. Then there's like this woman, the woman from Roxette or something, and Joan <laughs> Collins and her young husband. They are frenemies of the hearts, and they're just like in Montreal doing like a book signing because now Joan Collins is her sister, I guess. And so then there's just a bunch of crazy blackmail shit involving a prescription because Joan Collins murdered her husband for. And then like it's really sad because there's and there's some mental health issues that mm -hmm. are troubling. Mm -hmm. And Buckminster. Fuller uh, dome from the 1967 expo, and the hearts crawl under it. Is the end. That that, that see that extra we extra five seconds did not help. We were uh, trying to. I we were kind of both kind of like, wait, what is that dome? What is that dome? Because it's not Epcot. It's Buck. It's a mm -mm. Buckminster Fuller. Yeah, it's a Buckminster Fuller from the incredible. Uh -huh. structures for the montreal expo mm. and i can't remember it was like the whatever of man like they had that pavilion that's freaky and cool and the greatest graphics ever but then now it is the biodome, biodome. i think it was the bio right biodome it's like it's a uh, environmental environment <laughs> well there's like the, the actual baldwin <laughs> it I Didn't. think it's Biodome. It's an it's an yeah. environmental museum, and it's been that for a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was probably already that. That was like when an attempt the, at a they Biodome. They were filming at it. Or no, it it proof of concept or something. Well, one of the crazy. I feel like the craziest thing about that structure is that at some point it caught like it was skinned. Uh -huh. You know, like they uh -huh. could just couldn't do expos in the 60s or 70s without having these big metal things that had skins on them, like in Spokane, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the huh. expo, like the huge pavilion. So they're basically making like tents and shit, mm -hmm. giant overly designed yet amazing tents. But so <laughs> the Buckminster Fuller structure, um, it either caught on fire and the skin was destroyed or there was some kind of storm. Like it, it was skinned. Mm. <laughs> Maybe when someone's gun then, went off inside. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, mean, I guess the wind yeah. didn't love Buckminster uh, Fuller. Yeah. So don't quote me on that. Now I'm just like riffing wildly on the scant few facts I know about that <laughs> cool ass Buckminster yeah. Fuller dome. But, but we got more. Expos are cool. No, yes. So many more happening. Minute Maxes. So yes. many more. All right. Great. We, still we need them. The I know. I'm going to see what I can what I can add to the conversation. <laughs> Two hearts in three quarter time, um, which is confusing because none of the music they listen to is actually in three quarter time. True story. But I digress. Max is dead. They read his will. Jonathan and Jennifer actually cry. I am absolutely mm -hmm. convinced that it is genuine tears for the passing of Lionel Sander. Uh, Max had a niece who is a model for Chloe, uh, but she dresses like <laughs> a, a teenager going to Catholic school. And uh, she's got <laughs> a boyfriend who is somewhat of an artisan, and he made them a cuckoo clock, which 
their other coworker, who is so perfectly 90s with bleach blonde hair and a burgundy lip, uh, <laughs> she puts a passport in the clock. Then the villains spend the rest of the episode trying to get this clock, trying to shoot the hearts, shooting a totally innocent usher at a, at a theater. Mm. Um, and none of us know why at fucking all until Joan Collins is like, oh, my name is Greta von Verkenstirk and I <laughs> murdered my husband and that passport is proof. Yeah. Yeah. And the eye drops or something. Yeah, the eye drops. They cause complex. They, they take your breath away they or kill something. You if you're shit. asthmatic. All right. Complicated all right. plot. So yeah. let's, let's hear from some professionals at this okay. point. Thank God. Wait, should Thank we God roll dice? Here. Should we roll dice or flip a coin to see who goes first? <laughs> or should we stick with tradition? I'm fine with tradition. Uh, I don't know what the tradition is. And begin (laughs) with the Sisler family, or sorry, the Sisler community players. Oh, exciting. Yes. The Sisler community playoffs probably presents two hearts in three quarter time. Rest in peace, Max. Now your horses will always come in and the hot dogs will always be amazing. In Montreal, the hearts take part in an adventure laid out by their departed best friend. He bequeaths them a clock and Marie, basketball Doug's daughter. They also get Joan Collins and her boy <laughs> toy. Camilla's new hubby plans blackmail. His blonde pinch hides some dirty info inside the cuckoo clock. Marie's fiance has his car stolen and the hearts pursue. A potential police poke asks a bunch of questions. Jonathan and Jennifer meet Max's friend at a smoke shop. The clock is a gift depicting their love. Max also gave them concert tickets. Jonathan and Jennifer meet Camilla at her country estate. Look out for dogs stoned on attack juice. Camilla confides to Jennifer that her stud is trying to kill her. Miss Blonde of Hench sneaks into their hotel room looking for the clock, then shoots at Jonathan. Ronnie desires what all H2H villains want. Cold, hard cash. The hearts create a scene at the concert. Tall, blonde, and Hinchy steals the clock. Marie finds out her best friend is our pixie-cut villain. Mayhem ensues. <laughs> Vivian, our baddie blonde, falls to her death, and the hearts discover her link to Ronnie. Jonathan and Jennifer discovered it was roving Ronnie one of the clock all along and put the whole plan together. They invite Camilla and Ronnie to dinner and a bad guy confrontation. Jonathan dances with Alexis Carrington, and Jennifer dances in April. Yeah, I went there. Google it. Turns out Camilla was really the bad girl all along. There's a big fight on the carousel, and the hearts save the day, and people get their clocks cleaned. <laughs> Good hearts one. pay Max's kindness forward to Marie and Kurt. Max's final gift was a romantic cruise. Good night, Mr. H. Good night, Mrs. H. The end. Oh, thank you, Sisler Community thank Playhouse. Thank you, Sisler's and Jackie and Rachel. That Jackie was great. All right. Now, <laughs> uh, I can't remember what he calls himself, but we're about to find out. That's not the right one. That's better. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Hey, this is Corey J. Brewer, your uh, ambushed convert, and uh, I'm doing a minute max for uh, two hearts and three-quarter time. We open in Montreal at the reading of Max's will, and I'm already blubbering, and he's sending the hearts on a series of surprises that involve Cuckoo Clock, that Jackie Collins' gold digger husband wants, and he uses his budget Bridget Nielsen. This is not a diss. This lady of hench is amazing. And... Um, the hearts have never been more relatable than when they show up to the symphony late and they make a bunch of noise and they have to get everybody out of the row and they got to get to their seat and uh, Jennifer will not uh, leave the cuckoo clock at the coat check because people are going to kill for it. And then the cuckoo clock goes off and they have to check the, uh, the clock with the uh, coat check and then uh, the budget Nielsen kills the coat check guy for the clock and then um, there's a Canadian detective 
with a super bad 90s hair who can only come when someone blows cigarette smoke in his face. <laughs> Where's his Cronenberg movie? There's a Volvo car chase. There's a Biosphere f- foot chase. Um, uh, the gold digger th- uh, tries to th- threaten Jackie Collins uh, with his goons, and she says, those are my goons. I pay them. There's a climax set of carousel, so there's a strangers on a train alert. Um, when did Max have all the time to do this? Did he do it on his... Uh, deathbed? That's a lot of planning to do on your deathbed. And the uh, theme song gets a remix that sounds like Sex in the City, and uh, that's not a good thing. Mm. Oh, <laughs> wow. Is it well done? Shit. What is it? Budget, Budget Nielsen? Nielsen. Or is it Budget Nielsen? Budget It is French. Yeah. Unlike, unlike Budget Nielsen. Um, Nice. Wow! Thank you, Corey J. Brewer. I have yeah. to take a second and just wallow in that. Our, yes. our ambushed convert. Is that that's his title, right? That's his title. I love that. Perfect. Thank you, Corey, for giving yourself a title. Yes. Yes. Thank you. What a relief. Yeah. Um. We had a couple that we were thinking of, but now we won't say them. <laughs> music, music, music. Because the title talks about music, can we talk first about the music in this movie? Yes. yes. Okay. So I was assuming that that song, that it's a, what, it's a Christmas song that has da 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 in three quarter time. Like that, that oh. song. Ugh. It's a Christmas song <laughs> from a musical or something, or it's a jazz standard. Sounds like Rosemary's Baby. Um, yes. Three That baby is Satan. <laughs> Uh, alert. <laughs> uh, I kept waiting for that to come up somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was obviously like just kind of paying attention to the music because there was a piece of music that the cuckoo clock pay- plays mm-hmm. that was specific somehow to the hearts. Mm-hmm. Though we have never, as far as I know, we have never heard them talk about this piece of music. About the carnival of the animals. Correct. Yeah. That's what uh, the cuckoo clock played? Yes. Oh. But then they go to the symphony to supposedly hear that song performed. Right. It's mm. it's not in three-quarter time. No, <laughs> it sure isn't. But you only know this because you're a music producer. Uh, well, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's because I, I know music. I think it was called Two Hearts in Three Quarters Time because this clock was set for 945. 845. 845, you know what? which is three quarters past the hour, that's which is the time it. they met. That's the only, there we go. That's the only uh, possible thing. But why? I was going to say that it's called heart, Two Hearts in Three Quarters Time because they played the movie back at three quarters the speed. So it was a little slower. So it was super slow. <laughs> so that it took long. six hours Aww. to fucking finish. Joe, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. But it was funny because they were, that Max knew that that was the time they met. Was it 8.45 in the morning in London? Like No, they met in the evening when at the, at bar. the bar. At the bar. That's right. Okay. Though, 8:45 p.m. in London would be much darker than it was. And then <laughs> is it <laughs> But they go out on the town and it's That's evening. True. That's true. Somebody else, maybe it's Marie, but I thought another character they they look at the clock and another character that would never know that is like that's the time they met. And it's like why do you know that? It was it was Marie. It was Marie. Okay. It was Marie and Marie said it. She knew cuz Kurt 
made yeah. the thing. I thought it was Francis X. Gaylord that said that. Francis Goldie. X. Ga- you Goldie. Yeah. Goldie. <laughs> Goldie. I was really happy that we got a Max Lady. Like, yeah. Yeah. Even, final even Max though I Lady. feel like she was underused because she seemed kind of fabulous. Oh, she seemed great. And also, it would have been neat if uh, if Joan Collins was a was an ex. Mm. The, but she so was I guess yucky. Max, yeah, Max wouldn't really. Joan Collins' character was very confusing. Well, we sh- also so they completely forego the intro, which well, I feel conflicted was, about. I I honestly feel like that was it's better reverent. Yeah. I thought okay. it was reverent to not use Max's to Lionel Sander to say like we yeah. we cannot open the show with okay. Lionel Sander really? doing oh. this and then cut immediately to the reading of his will when the man has actually died. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. It'd be kind of weird. But what they did instead <laughs> is they play that the theme music in like the slower sort of jazzy way over a bunch of dialogue that doesn't make sense to have that music playing over it. Yeah. Where they're meeting Marie's painter boyfriend in the lobby of that of the will reading lawyer i guess <laughs> or is it the airport in montreal the bequeathery the, the bequeathery <laughs> the bequeathery the bequeathabatorium <laughs> I, I have to mention one more piece of music before i just completely lose yeah, yeah, that yeah. thread in my own head which is at a certain point when bajit nielsen is <laughs> like just you know doing her get get trying to get it done because she mm-hmm. as she says herself fails multiple times but there's some music that really evoked tubular bells for me that really like <laughs> got real exorcisty huh did you catch that i didn't catch it Mm-mm. okay there's a, there's just a couple moments it doesn't come back again like it's there for just this one segment and because she did so many fucking weird things to try and get that ugly clock back i just kind of can't even remember what they were but also because when you steal someone's volvo i feel like you should get shot in the head yeah don't steal a volvo oh my god so let's okay let's just talk about bajit for a minute like bajit Bajit, she was salamin i loved like she was so perfectly 90s like she looked so 90s like the only the only thing that would have made it even more accurate is if she had black roots showing like that's Mm. the only thing that was Mm -hmm. that could push it over the edge Mm -hmm. um she works she's sleeping with ronnie who is with joan collins Mm What an ugmo that guy is. I mean, not. I mean, <laughs> I can't handle how yuck that. Person he looks is. like Rob Lowe meets what did we say? He looks like Army Hammer to Army me. Army Hammer he, meets like, Rob Lowe. He kept giving me Army Hammer vibes. Mm. It wasn't the way he looked that made him this just a no, solid gold ugmo. He was just like what. Huh? He yeah. was like he was a like super grosso. Like like his jokes yes. his jokes were obnoxious and his his demeanor was just blech. Yeah. He was just beat. Yeah. Um but he's okay. So Bajit. Here's the Okay, yeah, sorry. So okay, <laughs> I would like to spend a, a little bit of time like putting the villains in a hierarchy. <sighs> can we do that? I don't know yes. if we can. Because I can. I okay. I good. think maybe I can't. Joe, because well, where does question. where does Vivian stand? The way I see this, they are either positing that Joan Collins is the apex villain, mm-hmm. 
because she murdered her husband mm-hmm. and then everybody else is just trying to blackmail yes yeah so i'm going to just say that splits the difference <laughs> <laughs> and the people that are trying to blackmail her are equally uh villainous to her who murdered her rich husband yeah it's really like they really make Montreal seem like a den of thieves. <laughs> there are just was, like a bunch of criminals living in Montreal. A den of thieves in a in a kind of like cool way. industrial <laughs> city in Quebec. Like it just right. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that I feel like the Volvo car chase scenes mm-hmm. um made me wonder just about Canada. <laughs> in general because the car chase in the scene where um Marie is Vivian's holding her closest dearest friend and business partner at tiny silver <laughs> gunpoint yeah. in again in the Volvo in Kurt's yes. fucking Volvo give the Volvo a break <laughs> give Kurt a break okay yeah. um and she's holding her again gunpoint and the hearts are in what passes for Canadian hot pursuit uh-huh <laughs> there's a car in front of them that's going like I okay here's where I reveal again that I don't understand metric, but like, I don't know, negative three kilometers an hour. Kilometres. The car is just going, and Jonathan's frantically like trying to bob and weave behind it Mm. to get around it because fuck, Marie's being kidnapped, held hostage by her sinister friend, Mm. Vivian, blah, blah. But on the street there, there's like so many, like at some point, just two silver haired, Canadians like cross right in front of the car that Jonathan's trying to get around and then when they finally kind of like clear like get a clear path then there's just people like walking on the beautiful cobbled streets of old Montreal and it's just I can't tell if that made the car chase better worse terrifying in its own way it was very unique yeah um yeah but because I used to own a Volvo station wagon, I think every time somebody got near the Volvo station wagon, I just got, it was real triggering for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I did not care for that I, element. The craziest part about that car chase to me was that they exit the freeway. They, they're they on this like parkway. It's not even a freeway. It's just oh, like yes. a water, like in front of the water, oh, right. going about We're 30 miles an on- hour. We're on a race course. Going, sorry, going <laughs> is about what a, is yeah, actually going said. about twenty three kilometers an hour. They're on a race course, which is, which is correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. Five hundred miles an hour. Yeah, in, <laughs> no, in America, I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. But then, in yeah, standard. Th- so they exit, and then one of the characters says, "We're on a race course," and then somebody else I think confirms that it is a race course. And I was like. Why are we on a race course yeah, all of a, a sudden? Because a race course is a closed loop. Yeah, and doesn't have a, an entry from the <laughs> where parkway. you drive fast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, where you, you drive, drive at least quickly. fifteen kilometers an hour. Yeah, which would guess, kill you I if guess you did it part in America. Of me, yeah, part of me is thinking maybe what I need is to see more Volvos involved in chases because it occurs to me what an anomaly that is in 
North American yeah. film, as far as I understand <laughs> it, because I don't want to. I would guess that in Swedish films, there would be like a shit ton of Volvo car chases, among other cars that mm. people have in Sweden. But Mini, I would Mini think Coopers. like sobs. There would be, <laughs> yeah, but there that there would be Volvos just around like not yeah. that it's chock-a-block but littered like, with yeah, <laughs> yeah. right like a bunch or just even in the background but that i can't remember seeing a volvo in that a volvo wagon rather specifically mm-hmm. in a car chase so maybe that's my quest is i need to find any and all incidents of Volvo wagons being involved in chases, or I'll never be able to push through the trauma that this yeah, movie. I think we uh, just found our new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Volvos at three quarters kilometers an hour. <laughs> right. The I love Volvos. I love that car. Um, mm-hmm. I have never driven one, but I love those cars. What? So I'm very open to seeing them in car chases and be more featured at at high kilometers um (laughs) per hour uh tacoma and seattle uh it's particularly filled with volvos lots of sobs also yeah the fact that also okay this car chase that they're going so slowly they go onto a race course that is confirmed to be a race course, (laughs) but then is later found out that is not a race course. Maybe it's just like a part of Montreal that they were joking about that looks like a race course. I don't know. It ends with them crashing into (laughs) a concrete planter and then running even concrete. It was wood. Right. (laughs) And then running towards the Epcot center <laughs> from my, from my perspective <laughs> and having a party of, um, tandem, 10 tandem bicyclists on this <laughs> bicycle party. Ask the hearts, where are you going? Like yeah. this was just insanity. I, there, there's so much <laughs> crazy shit going on. I like, it was another fever dream moment for me for heart to heart movies. Well, and I'll say it. I mean, the thing that they say about Volvo is that you should be able to hit a deer or an elk and survive, right? In my head, it's a reindeer. And I don't know if that, like, that's (laughs) like, that's a old ass version of like a crash test dummy situation. It's really kind of violent and horrible now that I'm saying it out loud. But I would think about it a lot when I drove my Volvo Mm -hmm. as I, you know, was being chased by the pigs or whatever. Um, <laughs> but when they hit the planter, I'm just like, well, Marie's fine. Cause she, and she immediately yeah. pops out and says, I'm fine. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yes. That's that solid, yeah. hard Volvo Swedish construction. Yeah, that's totally. real steel. Everybody yeah. don't fuck with it. You can hit but, several silver haired Canadians. <laughs> those cars on weigh drunken. 7 million pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they sure do. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're built Volvo tough. (laughs) (laughs) Those things got a Hemi. Yeah. So, but when all this happened, when that Volvo smashed into that concrete planter outside the like very lovely Montreal Parkway uh, pedestrian mall or wherever they were, this was the second time that (laughs) Vivian... (laughs) That Bajit Nielsen <laughs> stole a car or was in a, a hectic car chase and then jumped out and ran. Runs. And the first time was because a truck was coming across a one-way bridge. She had to stop the car and she goes to the edge of the bridge and Eric and I are like, oh my God, she's going to jump off the bridge. She 
she jumps over the railing into someone's yard. And I was like, <laughs> why did they build a bridge here? Yeah. What is this? It was the end of a stream. Yeah, yeah, that was like it's a municipal stream. Like it needed to be protected. (laughs) I sort of had fugitive vibes. Yes, they they cut back to her at one point, and she is like doing a little like a surprisingly nimble kind of hobbly situation, like rapid fire hobble escape vibes mm. as she goes across the Rocky Creek bed or whatever. In a and it's like, where is she going to go? A scarf over her head. Yeah. It's like, is she going to like head out to sea? Like, yeah. what are we <laughs> yeah. looking at right now? Like, is this the St. Lawrence? Like what is happening right She's now? Gonna run into the sewers and just, mm. <laughs> yeah. right. And like, look back up at the bridge. And then someone's <laughs> going to be the Tommy Lee Jones thing right so he's yeah. like i don't care uh-huh. right i don't care she also went from so um ronnie comes to the antique shop to uh. give her this documentation of we don't know yet well yeah he brings her a, right. a frame a silver frame or pewter frame yeah that was one of joan collins's favorite frames that he broke on purpose which he broke on purpose though he said i didn't do it on purpose right and it, it contained a photo of <laughs> Joan Collins. Which was a perfectly reasonable place to hide that documentation, but instead she takes it out and puts it in a clock. That's meant to be given away immediately. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Which, of course, she didn't know. And also, I was also, like, legit surprised because for a second I'm like, did Max make them a fucking birdhouse? Uh, yeah. I was waiting waiting the whole movie to see the portrait of Max that Marie's husband partner boyfriend painted and realized three times oh it was the clock oh yeah, shit that's what he did it's a cuckoo clock that he, he made. was painting the clock yeah that's why he had I, paint on he his had nose paint all over himself mm. which is insane i was like waiting for this beautiful portrait of max <laughs> to be unveiled i was like oh that'll be so sweet what a good moment and then and then over and over again i was like oh no it's the fucking it's the clock. clock it's the clock um, right but so she is just it's because she goes down into the basement mm-hmm. and she's got the stuff that she took out of the frame. Mm-hmm. I mean, in in a lot of ways, that's that's a pretty slick move. He breaks the frame so that he has a legitimate reason to take it to get yeah. it repaired, so yes. which is yeah. is like a, a solid villain move. Yeah, right? totally. That's just yes. smart. He's hidden it in the thing. I mean, that's kind of amazing, right? I, I, that all works for me. You know mm-hmm. what would have been smart for her, for, for Brigitte? Bulk, to, bulk to wear to an outfit with pockets yeah to wear an outfit with pockets or to stop wearing suits <laughs> what i immediately thought about when so you see her kind of panic when they start picking up the clock because it's got this document in it that she needs right maybe be like oh i hit a birthday card in there i'm sorry and then just <laughs> grab that out and that would have foiled a birthday card right. in that and then the, the movie. movie is over the movie's done i know then no movie yeah mm-hmm. i just the the Two elements of this that I find funny are that one, Joan Collins brought her favorite frame to a book signing and put a picture <laughs> yeah. of herself in it, yeah. <laughs> <That is really laughs> which which Ronnie then, in my opinion, rightfully knocked the fuck off that table because what a <laughs> psycho thing to do, Joan. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he takes it in. And I yeah, I was just like, come on. Just put it in your pocket. Put it put it down the back Anywhere. of your skirt. Yeah. Don't put it in this this 
thing that you you're gonna have to get rid of in yeah. five minutes. Yeah. Meanwhile, mm. we're being introduced. I know she doesn't know that. But. We're being introduced mm. to like 30 new characters in this like Melrose Place 90210 antique store where there's like young, <laughs> just hot young people yeah. having drama with each other. And there's just... there's Freddy, who if Freddy in real life is not a drag queen. Oh, my God. There is no justice in life like that. He yes. was so perfectly draggy. <laughs> he was very arch indeed. Uh, yeah. My was main great. takeaway of Freddy is that I just would, like this character that he was playing, I would pay to be in the room when he first put on satiny, like, bronze something, <laughs> because he had multiple pieces of, like, statement pieces of, of garments that were satin bronze colored, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just, like, that character, when he discovered that on himself, I would love to see that moment of like, this is me. I feel like myself. And like, that's just all they wore from then on. Out. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the one thing that comes out of that initial Freddie um, laying some kind of arch burns on that oh, young yes, man who on, comes on in. Fred Savage. <laughs> is uh, that, yeah, is that. Um, would a Canadian resident of the city of Montreal, wouldn't they call out a Canadian department store? Like, wouldn't they be like, oh, we're not Hudson, like, you're mistaking right. us for Hudson's Bay or whatever. <laughs> what did he uh, call out? Sears Roebuck. Oh, Sears oh. Roebuck. But he may very well just be an American that I, works in the French Canadian antique store. And maybe this is just like some American self-loathing on my part, but I thought that he was he picked a he picked a company that is associated with layaway. Well, right. I mean, he was, but I don't know. It just felt like not Canadian. Yeah, I think no, but I I feel like that was part of the joke. Was that uh, oh. it's American. It's a like, oh hey Americans, you're trash. Yes. Yeah. You can yes. put layaway on on whatever as um, the Quebec as the Quebecois are known to do. <laughs> I felt I'm just confused kidding. and sad about that exchange. Although I appreciated that character because that young man was trying to do something so thoughtful and kind and romantic, and by his girlfriend Limoges, Limoges, uh, China. What I loved, <laughs> what made me, what made me like love Freddie, was mm -hmm. that. After being a total dick to this adorable man who's who's trying to buy a gift for his girlfriend, he says he, he says he do will you, do he it. He says, "Of course, I'm going to help you out." And I loved yes. it. It was like that's yeah. that's the sassy right. gay that we know and love. Yeah. That's that's someone right. that we always <laughs> we that's every archetype is is based on that style of sassy sassy yeah. gay, just lashing out from a place of insecurity. Yeah, but it's it's. It's a consistent thread because later in the film, he alerts them to the fact that someone has yet again kind of stolen Kurt's yes. Volvo wagon, yeah. much to my dismay. Yeah. It's so funny that he saw them leaving and just ran over to start the car chase. Well, he saw Vivian had a gun. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which she was threatening to shoot herself with. Yeah, it's like, oh my Vivian, God. come on. Is Vivian wearing vamp? <laughs> no, I, for real. That's a ni very nineties question. Vamp it's very is, likely <laughs> uh, a Chanel lip color that basically uh, like tore a hole in the sky. Uh, 
for a brief moment in time. And then I think they still, I think they brought it back with like a, like a kind of like a remixed version or whatever, or maybe they just brought back the classic vamp, but vamp was a color that just fucking, yeah, blew everybody's mind. It's, and they had, they did nails, they did lip. Yeah, it was it's just, like dried like, blood red. Yeah, it's like maroon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's the burgundy lip. That, like uh-huh. the pale movies. skin, bleach blonde, burgundy lip, an mm-hmm. inch of black eyeliner, 1990 motherfucking five. Like that's, yeah. it's so, so good. So perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she was. And, and her 90s magic is also uh, contingent upon that sad 90s moment where it's like, are you 23? What if you wore clothes that made you seem like you were ninety? Yes, uh-huh. yes. Oh, really? Yeah, a million yeah. percent. I, except, yeah. except a short skirt, right? So it's like yeah, yeah, you're yeah, wearing yeah. a stretchy, like a highly elasticized black cl- in the club skirt, mm-hmm. party girl, and then you're gonna wear an enormous, weird, unflattering beige jacket and some fucking shit on your head, and then. Giant glasses, like top top half of you is like somebody's uh, European grandma, and the bottom half of you is you just did your walk of shame after snorting lines of coke. <laughs> yes. That's a current look, to, though. I like. I feel like that it is, is a, that retro. It is the a retro, million percent. The requisite thirty year retro. Mm. I'm sorry to, to remind us all that the '90s were thirty years ago. Um, that requisite Ouch. thirty year. Yeah. Kind of yeah. retro need definitely back is super back, but it's yeah, it is it is showing in in uh fashion <laughs> being aged up <laughs> in a lot yeah. of cases. Uh, it's weird. I don't know. It's all weird. I was saying, I yeah. was wondering about her pixie cut specifically, and what that came back in the nineties hard, right? The pixie cut, yes. From though the Caesar was more of a. <laughs> What's mm-hmm. the Caesar? The Caesar is like a, it's the, I would call the Caesar what they called men pixie cuts. Oh, it's like mm-hmm. pushed forward. But short. it's the high but, bangs. Yes. High bangs. Uh, but the hot, the hot uh, girls would do a Caesar instead of a pixie cut. And, oh, yeah. okay. Right. Lori Petty. Lori fucking Petty. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. But did the, was that from Rosemary's Baby, the pixie cut? Is that yeah. what actually popularized that? haircut in I, I would say the 60s twiggy twiggy i would say twiggy but yeah. i think mia farrow uh I, mia farrow in rosemary's baby is iconic in a way mm-hmm. uh-huh. that the masses know more so than twiggy right but this mm-hmm. this is in reference to the those this is things. that's the 90s version of that of, of all of, of that right okay yeah i was wondering about that it is, and it is just like like Brigitte Nielsen in the in the eighties who who really rocked a good severe short oh yeah like German lady haircut which I've always loved yeah and then the nineties kind of did the the Caesar I the just Caesar remembered it. so my <laughs> is she train German of thought, or Danish is she Danish don't know my train of thought <laughs> earlier about her hiding the thing in the clock okay so. At the same, so Ronnie is in the antique store and he gives her a gun and she's like, I would never, ever use a gun. 
<laughs> and then she yeah. immediately uses that gun to yes. shoot at Jonathan. Right. In close range. Like close pretty range. close range. And straight yeah. at him. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure yeah. she was trying to hit him. Shoots the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the coat check guy to get the clock, which surely uh, you could have stolen from whatever concert just, hall this just is. Just wait until he drops it yeah. off. Yeah, leaves. why wouldn't you just let him put you it in, the, just jump in the, the parcel room? Yeah, yeah. run in um, there. That would be the easiest crime to commit. It's easier than stealing a Volvo, which is clearly very easy to do. <laughs> you do not need to shoot anybody to get in that Canada, clock yes. out of the coat check of the Montreal Opera House or whatever theater they were in. But she Both does. Both times... Both times that they took the Volvo was stolen. They had the keys. Yeah. So it's like, I get, I mean, it's still stolen, but that just, yeah. She also, so then later she's talking to Marie. Marie figures out, she listens in on the line to her talking to Ronnie. She figures everything out and, and confronts her in a pretty dense move, just walks into the room alone and confronts her rather than going to the police or whatever. Confronts mm-hmm. Vivian. That's her name, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. they're old, old friends. Yeah. They've been friends since childhood. Mm-hmm. They have Melrose Place Antique Shop together. <laughs> they she then <laughs> uses the gun to threaten to shoot herself, which in the during the car le, chase Le Place du Melrose. <laughs> place de Melrose. It's their charm base. <laughs> yeah. It's their charm it base. It is their charm base. It is. Yeah. And then threatens to shoot herself in the head, threatens to shoot um uh Marie while they're while she's driving, then has the gun out when she's on the railing in the Epcot Center, and sh- it oh go the gun God. goes off. Like she she f- was empowered by this gun. Like she just was having fun. Fuck with yes. It. Yeah. Yes. So I think that she's the main villain in my mind. She's like the ringleader villain. See, here's not the some... ringleader. That's the wrong word. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. no, she's the main villain for this movie in my mind. She is for me the most compelling of our villains, mm-hmm. just in terms of the character, right? Yeah. And, and Marie motivation. channels, yeah, Marie channels Jonathan a bit because she knows Vivian's not going to hurt her. Ultimately, she knows that. That's why she walks into the room on her own to confront her because they are such close friends and business partners. But clearly, like she she acknowledges that Vivian has always had that sadness, as she calls it. Right. She's always been sad. And so she knows her friend and she this would not be the first time, in my opinion, that. Uh, Vivian would be doing something that Marie would have to find out about later or something that she would have to like mm-hmm. confront her about. This right. is not the first time in their friendship that that has happened. She's troubled. She's got some kind of psychosis that's manifesting while we're watching her. Like her, it was really sad when she fell to me on, in the dome. She was clearly just in anguish. Like it was really kind of horrifying just how much how she went over the edge and couldn't bring it back but she seemed to enjoy herself while she was doing it a little bit but then this scene she screams out what the wind loves the us the wind loves us like which was which Marie. was a clue to where the clock was hidden right 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 but this i you're i agree with you everything you just said 100% uh-huh. it's one of the reasons that i don't 
think of her as the villain. I think of her as a patsy. A victim? You and think a, she's a victim? I think she's, yes. I think she's a, a patsy slash victim. Mm. Like what was driving her to all this? Love of love. Ronnie. Really? She was in love with Ronnie. That's... Ronnie said, mm-hmm. I've got a plan. I think Ronnie is the villain. Ronnie says, yeah, yeah. I've got a plan mm. to blackmail this rich bitch that I'm fucking uh-huh. because I found out she killed her husband. Right. Can you help me? Like you mm-hmm. have this antique shop. Here's here's the plan. Uh-huh. I'm gonna break an old frame. She <laughs> <laughs> yeah. will bring to her book signing, and I will then bring it to you, and it will contain her passport with a prescription for eye drops that would kill people who are asthmatic. asthmatic. Yeah, that's wow. the end of the thinking, as far as I know. Like as far as right. I can really put it together, that's the end of the thinking. He uh, had the wherewithal to. Get Paul and Henri, our men of Hinch, who are oh. legit, full blown <laughs> men of Hinch. Like they have no, mm-hmm. they barely have any lines. Uh-huh. They only react to someone else telling them what to do. They are men of Hinch. Mm-hmm. Those are the men of Hinch. I think for they're sure. the only mm-hmm. men of Hinch. They, they there's a there's I a agree. third tier in this movie. There are three villains. There's a villain. There's a sub villain. Yeah, and then there's men of Hinch. Well, there's uh, there's a main villain who we do- doesn't get revealed until the end. There's this the undervillain. Mm, I the still she's revealed earlier on, I Joan. believe. Jonas, uh, uh-uh, I we, think so. Well, we must have missed it. He... The red herring. She she offers the red herring of Ronnie's trying to kill me. Yeah, right. Which is great, and then she's like super. I think she's incredibly charming with Jonathan and Jennifer the entire time that they're hanging out. It's obviously annoying, uh, yeah. But but it is like it's it it's supposed to read as charming, and I I decide to agree with that. Um, I just don't know. I don't consider her the villain in this. I think she is a villain. Yeah, she is not the villain. But she, I when did she reveal herself in your mind, Ellen? Um. Well, she's revealed. She doesn't reveal herself. Mm-hmm. She is revealed by Ronnie. But she's revealed to like know what he's up to and to be handling him, right? That's what I got out of that is like, and I didn't even know she was a villain after that because she had the henchmen. They when she said, her. "I no. pay, I pay for I, you work for me, so they work for me." Uh-huh. That is that I guess, the moment. I feel like for me, we know that she killed her husband early on because because Vivian and he have the conversation, and Ronnie reveals that it's pillow talk where he learned. That she kills her husband. Okay, I that she killed her husband. I missed, I missed that it. completely. I missed it. Yeah, okay. totally missed it. And yeah. I, I so, feel like I'm glad that I missed it because it was kind of a neat reveal. Oh, <laughs> oh I don't yeah, know. So, I wish I had heard that. Yeah. Cause... So they they let us know that Camilla is a murderer. That she killed her husband. Okay. We learned that not like right off the bat, but pretty early on, early enough. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then. You know, and we learn things about like I feel like there was a lot of of reasonable uh, development. But Eric, you pointed out something that is weird, which is how is Ronnie like? Is Ronnie just a temporary mastermind? That's uh, uh... <laughs> because he's all on it, and then at the end, he's just like fuck, fuck the clock, shit. Yeah, uh. yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing. I mean, I, we can. You could say that Vivian fucks up the plan by putting the passport in the clock. Oh, for sure. She which did. a million percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad move. 
and like a really bad move to try to get it yeah. back by stealing Mil a fucking percent. ball. Yeah. The whole yeah, yeah. the whole Mil. the whole thing. Mil percent. The whole thing is ridiculous. But like when once the once the men of Hinch are even introduced to us, oh, I'm just like, who the fuck are these people? Are these cops? Are they like what's going mm. on? I have no idea yeah. who they are. I couldn't fit any more characters in my brain. When Ronnie point. gets in the car with them and they drive away, I was like, <laughs> was too much. okay, yeah. so Ronnie is the major bad guy. Okay, that makes sense. It's a little trite, but that makes sense. I don't know. But so Ronnie thinks here's here's where I'm jammed up on it a little bit is like so Ronnie knows the men of Hench, but why does Ronnie have those men of Hench? How like that's something that I think I missed. Like how can so who has tricked who in that game so that Ronnie has those men of Hench working for him? Right. Is he also in league? Like then I have this moment where I'm like, wait, is this all just some elaborate thing to fuck fuck up Vivian? Like what's going on? And that was the part that I was like, okay. I'm garbering right now. Yeah, well, they the the <laughs> minifans serve no purpose. Yeah, <laughs> they serve no purpose. No, I was just like, why does Ronnie know I, the men of Hench? And that confusing. that remains like, my question is, why did he need them? Well, but to, how did to kill he... the hearts? He, at does, one point, no, because it... the hearts weren't even part of this plan. Like they, they, the hearts are a variable that wasn't even yeah yeah considered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. What, like, did Camilla, she was on to Ronnie because they have that whole exchange where she's like, oh, your acting is so whatever. Yes. And it can be read, like, as yeah. double entendre, or it's like, she's on to him, their marriage is gross and terrible, blah, blah, blah right? Mm -hmm. So she's just spraying red herrings everywhere or trying <laughs> yeah. to be more clever than she is. Like, two of us can be temporary masterminds. Right. Um, but so did Camilla send the men of Hench to be available to Ronnie or were they already Ronnie's men of Hench and she's onto them. And so she hires them to work for her. They're like double agents. Like are the men of Hench actually brilliant? They're I double agents. Yeah. I read them as mercenary. So they, they were in the employment of Ronnie. Then at a certain point, uh, off screen, Camilla finds out what Ronnie is up to, and she pays them more. Yes, she goes to the no. to the men of Hench and says, "Look, I'm I'm doubling your fee. Mm -hmm. You're you're you now work for me. I'm the one that gives him all of his money anyway. So you're not gonna you're not gonna get off with this guy, right? And they're like, "Cool, let's get down." And they, I guess, kill Ronnie, like, or they just tell him to leave. Like, it's very Canadian. They're just like, go away, yeah, don't come go back. Go get on mm -hmm. an airplane. Go away. We won't send you. You won't go to Canadian prison for life, which is fourteen years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to Jim Hortons. Tim Hortons. Tim. Tim oh. Hortons. <laughs> Jim. Jim Hortons is where. No, that's the prison. Go, Jim step, go oh, yeah. stuff your face with Jim bits. <laughs> Jim bits. Yeah. Go three kilometers an hour to Jim Hortons. <laughs> We're um, stupid. All we're uh, doing by talking about the Canadian, like what we think is Canadian stuff, is just reiterating to Canadians how stupid we are. Oh, I, yeah. yeah, no, I'm, how, I, yeah. I'm not. So I just that want us to own that. And we're, how jealous we are we of their country. Yes. Yeah. We were just that fully jealous. I wish us. that that was yeah. my. Uh, I do <laughs> love the smoked meat <laughs> and Leonard yeah. Cohen. I've never been to Montreal. Have you been to Montreal, Ellen? I haven't, but my parents. Uh, 
visited there a couple of, well, is it several times? Is it a few? If you go three, a few is three, right? Yeah. They went there a few times, which seems like a lot of times for them to mm-hmm. go there mm-hmm. um, kind of without any anything. I still have not been to Montreal or Toronto. I'm, I've never been to Montreal. I've been to Toronto. I've heard Montreal is incredible, and I really want to go there. I hear it's really, really cool. Well, we should go. We can we can use our French. Yeah, we. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> oui. um, yeah, I love Toronto, too. Toronto is cool. Agreed. But, uh, yeah, Montreal is yeah on another level apparently. Well, I gotta say, based it. on this movie, it <laughs> was on another level definitely, and that level was Tuckwilla. Yeah, it was <laughs> it had a strong so, like it warehouse. was just shot in industrial areas. Yeah, it's like I kept looking at it and thinking this looks so North American. Yeah, right. It was very like. There were shades of meatpacking district, but yes. like meatpacking district when it was a meatpacking exactly. district. Exactly. Like that's, I just kept thinking this is we're we're they're shooting in cheap areas. So, Ooh. like, is it like the smoked meatpacking district? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Canadian bacon district. They wouldn't have, they definitely Which, shot right, in Montreal. And they don't call it Canadian yes. bacon okay. in yeah. Canada, obviously. They call it American bacon. Uh, I think, yeah, this, the entire production seemed, I don't want this to sound like an insult. It's, it all seemed Canadian. (laughs) Um, Just the cameras in this. It was especially soft focused. Yeah. It looked like, like y'all ever been up too late and you end up watching Da Vinci's inquests or like <laughs> <laughs> like it just it looks like a canadian show from the 90s it look you know what it looked like one of my favorites friday the 13th the series yes yeah, totally yeah. which i do believe was also Roby. yes with roby and i think that was also shot in the same area <laughs> although that was probably toronto and what were they, they were they dipping the camera in Vaseline because it's so soft focused? <laughs> Why is it so That's soft? That's just like how that? it is in Canada. That's yeah. just what it looks like. It's just smoky and steamy. Things are just softer. It's, it's and all gentler. the smoke from uh-huh. the, the smoke meat it's all factories. Steamy, yeah. It's all the smoke from Havana <laughs> Haze. <laughs> it is just Havana Haze. Which by the way, I would recommend to almost anyone as a very politically incorrect stripper name. Oh, Havana, Havana Haze. Haze. Um, let's talk about the cop. Kenny G. Kenny. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. There's. This is like the one main moment for some reason that drives me crazy that I really want to talk about in um the fish uh, mayor episode. Uh, movie, yes. The fish town. The cop. There's a joke where the cop. He gives him some coffee and he spits the coffee out and he's all angry and he's like, "This is coffee." And Jonathan's like, yeah, it's coffee. And he's like, no, I mean, it's just coffee. Mm -hmm. And then in this one, the detective at one point is like Mm -hmm. this whole non-smoking joke. And he Mm -hmm. goes to the guy and he yells at him. You can't smoke. You can't smoke. You can't there. smoke over there. And he's like, "Uh, it's the lobby. I'm allowed to smoke." He's like, "No, you need to smoke next to me yeah. because he wants to inhale." And those jokes are the exact same way, like sense of humor that I just do not understand and does not make sense to me in but, any but way. What, what does he say? That he says something really. I wish I'd written it down. But he I says, don't have I'm, any "He says I want a secondary, secondary pleasure or a yeah, secondary yeah, pleasure." Yeah. That's it. And secondary pleasure for me is a great name for 
uh, mine and Eric's '90s keyboard duo. I was gonna album. say, secondary I was gonna pleasure. say, me and you, secondary pleasure, secondary pleasure. That's we we both have Moogs from Radio Shack, uh, yep. where we wear matching black outfits, <laughs> and uh, yep, yeah. There's just one strobe light in between us on stage, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm like, I just discovered this um, Wet and Wild version of Chanel Vamp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you both are wearing. But Chanel you're Vamp. too distracted by feeling unconscious because I'm wearing so much opium. And you, have, oh my you God. both have bleach blonde Caesar cuts. Yes. Yeah. So um, the cop, who's I can't remember what his name was, uh, Detective whatever. Vachon. 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 It was. I should have remembered that. Vachon. Uh, Detective Vachon, who was played by Rock LaFortune. LaFortune. <laughs> which is my favorite name. Wow. Um, I hate him. I could not stand that actor. I couldn't stand his hair. I couldn't stand his performance. <laughs> like the the scene where the hearts. Uh, after the clock is stolen the first time and the Volvo is stolen and then mm. stopped on the bridge, which apparently the keys are just in the car and they don't move it and they make everybody sit there and wait while they have this inane conversation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, where are you going? And they say, Havana Hayes. And he, for some reason, goes, oh, no, anywhere but Havana Hayes. <laughs> Why? Why? That's my favorite place. Yeah. What the fuck? That's I don't understand that. That's like this whoever wrote that those angry jokes that don't make any sense wrote that line too. It's whoever wrote like Pingu or Kalu or something like it's just some it's just some <laughs> Canadian ass shit. <laughs> well, that I just oh it's like such an unfunny sense of humor. <laughs> I don't understand it. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! What are Pingu and Halu the, the, <laughs> the stop motion penguin? <laughs> Is that what he's talking about? <laughs> I can't. I can't. Oh no! He just like oh, pieced out no. too. He went to the bathroom. Yeah, he just ran away. Yeah. I'm gonna do the same thing. Okay. Um, where I'm just really actually just gonna go away from my laptop so you can't see me and then I'm going to laugh until I just okay. vomit a little bit. Well, you're in the background. I'm going to monologue for a while. <laughs> yeah, why don't you just like riff I'll read through all like my notes. Little... <laughs> <laughs> in three quarters time. <laughs> you nailed it on that. You... <laughs> Cue sad saxophone version of yes. Heart to Heart theme. All right, I'll be back. Okay, bye. All right, fans, now that I have you alone, my first note is, who the fuck is Marie? Because Marie was somebody that just came out of nowhere. Um, I was having trouble with Marie as well. Yeah. Was Marie... Okay, first, that actress I loved. Uh, I thought yeah. she actually did the most work in the episode. <laughs> she was really good. Really? I don't know. She's I thought she was great. I felt I felt like her crying jags were... Um, they were more, they landed better than I thought they should. Right. I know you have to like make this character important, but to pan from the, the reading of the will of Max to pan from Jennifer to Max to Marie, it's like, I know <laughs> who we've never seen before. Just have her enter a little bit later. Have her have the, Max Will reading should have been just an intimate moment with Jennifer and Jonathan. 
alone together. And then Max leaves them little notes that's like, go to this antique store where my niece works, who I'm, whom I love, mm. but isn't a well-known character for you. And then introduce that character in her antique store in her environment. Don't pan from Jennifer to Jonathan to Marie in the yeah, real reading. That that's was weird. Very I, strange. I feel like the I feel like that could have benefited from one short scene before the will reading of the hearts in a waiting room and Marie comes in and yeah. they say, Marie, like yeah. it's it's good to see you. How have you been? And mm. you know, she refers to Max as Uncle Max, and mm. then we know. Yeah. Instead mm. it's like this weird <laughs> she's like equal billing to yeah they, they give her top billing yeah, with, with like, the hearts which is weird who is this person again um i think also the reading of the will where um max says something to the effect of like i care about you as much as i could care about a blood relative <laughs> what does that mean again that she wasn't a blood relative no, I think that she was, right? No, he's cuz he's saying like I care about you. I don't know. That's I don't a, know. It, I was mostly just like what's can... the accent? I'm confused. I guess I don't understand what families are. Like <laughs> is my definition of family like traditional or too untraditional? I'm not sure what's happening. I am freaked out that we're confronting Lionel Sanders passing. Like mm. I just can't handle it. Like at at the end I I cried at the end. I didn't cry during the bequeath the scene at the bequeath three because I knew that I had to like toughen up and do this thing. Honestly, Jonathan, uh, the, the RJ really fucking mm. put a a massive lump in my throat. Uh, that was some real tears. And when he like his, when he was delivering his very very few lines in that during the bequeath three. <laughs> Uh, the the bequeathment. Uh, we're, we're in, <laughs> we're in Ca- French Canada. Uh, he w- he was genuinely choked up. Like that was some real shit. And oh man, that, it it's was rough. real. That it was, was brutal. Really rough. Yeah. Can I also yeah. add, and maybe this can segue into talking about fashion? The hearts were black the entire episode. Oh, I didn't even notice that. It w- they weren't all black at all times, but they wore black. The entire episode. Jennifer mm-hmm. especially wore mostly black the entire episode. Though she had a couple of white collars, pearly white collars that were interesting. I love that. Jennifer looked amazing this episode. Everything she wore, yes. her hair, everything was perfect. RJ looked Oh, great. the hair was mind-blowingly good. The hair was the best it's been since 1980. Oh, and there's like a whole extended yeah, I agree. scene of her teasing Brushing out. out her yes. hair, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. I was kind of just blind. Lots of hair brushing in this Vivian. episode. Uh, I thought Vivian's outfits were incredible and she just looked amazing. So I was, I kind of loved her looks and that's, those are the ones I took photos of. I was confused. I liked Vivian's. I just like Vivian's look. Yeah. Uh, just her general look was, mm-hmm. gave me very uh, Emily Valentine vibes. Oh, wow. 90210 fans. Uh, and then there were then so I noticed her, I noticed Freddie, yeah. I noticed Jennifer, and I noticed Marie because Marie wore a plaid Catholic school dress ensemble a jumper a jumper, jumper. Hmm. 
mm-hmm. the entire episode until mm-hmm. her friend died, and then she put on a really cute, like, uh, earth tone <sighs> Terry <laughs> dress thing that was really, really cut well. <laughs> With the, it's like a jersey top with the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the mini skirt, the classic '90s stretchy black mini. Yeah, um, the pa- the Paula Abdul. The Paula Abdul. She looked great. I didn't notice anything she wore really. I don't know. She was just like in the background of my mind the whole time. I feel like they were making her. I I think they were trying to make her look plain Jane, plain and young. Mm-hmm. With with an absence of malice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Plain and young in a very nineties way, so she looked forty two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Camilla during the <laughs> very strange dance, and then twelve. <laughs> yeah, the very strange dance yeah. scene. Whatever dinner they're at with the with the Camilla and Ronnie. Mm. Camilla wore this black satiny dress with like a midriff lace. Did you notice this? I'm pretty sure it was just like lace over her midriff, like a. It had like the the lace insets. Yeah. Throughout the top, the bodice was lace over what was maybe like a sheath underneath. Or oh, something? do you think it was? I, I thought it was her skin, yeah. and I was like, "Whoa, that is like." Oh no! I mean, I think it was her skin, but I think it was just like yeah, the, the structure of it was yeah, and like over off me. the shoulders. Really, I thought I thought that was really cool, and especially for like an older lady to wear. Oh, Joan Collins always looked amazing. Yeah, like there, that's in her contract. The purple. There's never the going to be a scene where Joan Collins doesn't look she amazing. She did. She looked incredible. Right, even when you uh cold cock her off of a a carousel, she's <laughs> yeah. going to fall oh, yeah. in the most glamorous way. She did. She's going to fall like old Hollywood. So my favorite, <laughs> my favorite scene in the movie was that weird party i can't remember what the party was for that they were at at the end the dinner the dancing. dinner thing and they're dancing and it was the, hearts, the setup yes the hearts yeah. are now the well this is <laughs> i thought this was great because i still didn't know that uh <laughs> that joan collins did anything um oh. so right, right. so i'm still thinking she's totally innocent in this mm. <laughs> which i think benefits the film it benefits the plot mm. um so the hearts are just baiting everybody to see who is involved. That's my right. What it looks they like to say me. the the phrase the clock fifteen hundred times. Mm, yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Camilla. There's a point when she is just so fucking bored of the clock <clears throat> talk. She's yes. like, "Can we talk about something that's not a clock, please?" Well, she says, "Oh, this is my favorite song." To the completely nameless, songless song that starts <laughs> playing, <laughs> yeah. and her and Jonathan start Stung. dancing. Mm-hmm. Where she then, you know, she says again, "Like, do you want to buy my company?" Which mm-hmm. all of this really didn't come to anything, right? They so the company talk. That was just kind of red herring. I didn't even notice that in this scene. I don't know. Favorite scene, favorite moment, period. <laughs> Jennifer. Shall we switch partners? Jennifer goes, love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> the way Jennifer's twirling around this man who just wants to go She's home. She's having a blast. It's the first time in this yeah. episode where the hearts get to be the hearts. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. true. And Ronnie's just like, I'm ready for bed. Yes, Ronnie is just done. She's, I I don't know. I I found it surprising when she calls out Vivian. Like, she goes for the jugular Mm. 
in a way like where before they're kind of like literally dancing around it and just kind of taunting them with the clock thing because they go much much further than they need to go to like they're they're not planting seeds they are like they're just pounding it into it like they're just (laughs) rubbing his face Uh yeah and (laughs) and then she goes for it and she's like oh blah 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 vivian Uh and jonathan's like just eyeballing it like it's like all right time to switch yeah so it's it's kind of a nutty scene and then just the crazy um physicality of the dancing with ronnie where he's got his hands around her necks and arms around her neck so many times Mm. it's really distressing yeah so yeah i really enjoyed that scene i think for me what i was picking up on was just like this kind of weird kind of i hate to say it but kind of like ham-fisted flirtiness from camilla with jonathan you know where we're so uh inured to everyone grotesquely hitting on jennifer endlessly endlessly she got Um, a break this all people yeah she Mm -hmm. didn't have to Mm -hmm. she didn't get harassed this time jonathan did but jennifer like kind of got harassed because who wants to have their frenemy tell them how hot their husband is all the time? Like, mm-hmm. I know people are like, oh, I'm flattered by it, but it's really just like, bitch, shut up. You're being a deeply inappropriate. Yeah, you're being and really I'm gross. Over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, this scene was just really confusing for me. I was like, okay, so, um, Bajit Nielsen had died like the scene before. She f- fell to her death. They find out she's connected to Ronnie. And then they go to this dinner party dance scene where they just over and over again try to convince Ronnie that they have the clock back. Yes. They don't know where the clock is. No. We don't know where the clock is. We don't know mm-hmm. where what uh, Bajit Nielsen has done with the clock. So, And there's no confirmation of, of them not knowing where that is or them even trying to find it at all. We don't know. Something like a lot has happened off camera at this point that we just don't know about. And so we don't know, the viewers don't know if Ronnie has it because it seems like she would have given it to him when she grabbed it at the, after the, sh- the concert because there was a lot of time that passed between the concert and her But did they even see each other? She was on the phone. I don't phone. think they did. So the, the antique shop got busted into and then she was on the phone with Ronnie and that's she when Marie figures out. She had time to go to that Yeah, so why didn't she carousel. drop the, why didn't she get the clock mm-hmm the stuff out of the clock and give it to Ronnie. That was confusing me. Why the hearts were trying to convince Ronnie that he had, that they had the clock when they didn't was confusing. Like, how does that help them? <clears throat> Why would you take the whole clock? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to run a quick yeah. lap for the episode in favor of the episode and say that Vivian, particularly after the whole gun thing uh-huh. is having major second thoughts about Ronnie and about being involved in this entire thing. So she high she stashes the clock because she's freaking the fuck out like she is about yeah. to kill herself. Yeah, yeah. She just she just shot someone else after <laughs> beginning the episode as somebody that could never envision herself yeah. killing someone. Yeah. Yeah. But then she she realizes <laughs> she she's, she doesn't have to shoot at all. But she's <laughs> she has like kind of a lengthy moment where she's acknowledging where she's at with herself, with the relationship. Like that's kind of a, a kind of a scene where she's like, you know, like the story of my life about how he's, you know, when Marie says earlier, like he he has a wedding ring on when they're both like checking out Ronnie supposedly, but 
mm-hmm. you know, and she's like, oh, it's the story of my life. And then when they're in the hotel room and mm-hmm. Vivian has failed in the attempt to impersonate the night maid and <laughs> he berates her for leaving evidence. Right. And she's like, I failed. I failed. I failed. Like she's like three to five minutes. She says it as if she's saying the clock. Yeah. Like she says so many times. <laughs> and like. I feel like they do a good job of like, like it's not just like zero to, you know, suicidal. Like I think that they did a reasonable heart to heart movie effort to yeah. establish that Vivian is on the edge. Yeah. And yeah. that she has been rails. on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. So the way I, she says in that hotel room when she's like brushing her teeth or something and he mm-hmm. said that it was so stupid what she did. And she, the way she says, I do a lot of stupid things <laughs> like that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. falling in love, for instance, I think is what she says. Yeah, she did, that is what she says. And I love that moment for sure. Well, I feel like she says it robotically in a way that someone that tells themselves that a lot and really believes it about themselves would say it like Mm -hmm. she's like Mm -hmm. checking out she is like i think like eric's saying like she's realizing like this is a terrible mistake like Mm -hmm. i am disassociating like from yeah myself she's she's realizing that she's past the point of no return as well she's like i have Mm -hmm. already gone too far and mm-hmm. I stole a Volvo. <laughs> so I'm going to steal a Volvo and drive to a geodesic dome and yeah. throw myself off of it. <laughs> I needed that character to have some sort of anchor somewhere. I needed there to be like, what is the thing? Like, I mean, obviously people can go like off the rails and have psychotic breakdowns and not have a reason for it. And which is, I think what was happening with this character. But even then, they weren't really rooting it in that. They weren't really rooting it in Ronnie. They weren't really rooting it in her just kind of enjoying killing people. I didn't think of it as a psychotic break. I, I thought didn't of either. It as, I really? thought of it as a, a yeah. normal person pushed to a point of, of like, I don't know what to do. I'm way in over my head. Yeah. Yeah. And, and mistakes were made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, but. I feel like what what I was describing is kind of opposite of what you were perceiving about the character, which for me was that they were establishing that she's been sad, like she's always been sad. And Marie says that specifically yes. Yes, she does. as the childhood friend, mm-hmm. like she acknowledges that she's not she's horrified that her friend has taken her own life and been involved in all this stuff. But mm-hmm. I just feel like she is not surprised Right, right. Um, and so I feel like the way that they set up Vivian to say that stuff, to just be like, yes, I'm stupid. I do stupid things. Mm-hmm. Yes, I get involved with married men and blah, blah, blah. Like, I do these things. I failed. I failed. Yeah, you're right. I failed. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, get out. Like, all the things. I just feel like, for me, that was, like, a smoother trajectory than some of the folks that are having, like, kind of these switch-flipping moments. <laughs> um yeah. I thought it made made sense in in a way I, that she would just die like that. Yeah, it's that death was she was but what was she fighting for in that scene? Like what was the thing? She was fighting for her future with Ronnie, like that's the thing that was driving her to like crawl out over the railing to try to get around that yeah, locked door. Well, what was in her mind that was like pushing her that far? I think that she's realizing that the jig is up. You know, like, this is it. Like, she's taken her closest friend and business partner hostage. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no, there's no escape. Mm -hmm. Literally, 
figuratively, there's just no no turning back at that point. Like okay. she's she's just gone so far, and like and for what away. you know, like yeah. she keeps calling out specifically how Ronnie always is, like how their affair is always clandestine and that they can't even go in public like she's clearly like expressing that Mm -hmm. she's unhappy with this situation but she still goes along with it she's her hope is that they will actually do this thing and blackmail camilla and then vivian and ronnie will finally be out in the open with their relationship camilla is no more and they have money but then ronnie indicates that he only cares about the money yeah totally and that is it yeah i think i just needed like that to be rooted a little bit more for the character like like if you're gonna root it with marie have it be this like thing between them just like for the payoff of that to be sad i think like there's something missing for me i don't know something missing about the character and the other thing was like in my mind it's like just say it's a birthday card and grab the thing back. Just go into the Volvo and grab the clock or like open the clock and get the card back. In the hotel room, you had like 20 minutes with that clock. Just grab the thing. There were so many. Like- I mean, honestly, she could have just said, oh, I, I put something in there. Can I get it out? Because yeah, they don't know something. what it is. Yeah, and you, she can say it's what it, she could, she could say it's my passport because yeah. it's a fucking passport. Yeah. Done. But then no movie. Exactly. So it's I like know, it's, know. it's it's. Thank you. I don't always want to be the one that. Has no, to I say know, that. It, but it's. But you need to this like. Is the hot, flaw, you need to like this is the flaw of the of the. I'm gonna call it an episode. This is the flaw <laughs> of the episode for me is that it's, yeah. it's something so silly, like mm-hmm. something so such a, such a mind-numbingly, <laughs> easy thing to correct. Yeah, exactly. That I have a hard time with the the folly that follows like it's it's yeah it's worth so but she, much but she tries to she tries to buy herself an opportunity to get the thing out of the clock like they come downstairs and then she's like oh you're giving it to them right away are you sure you don't want to whatever like she kind of like is shucking and jiving a little bit to try and buy t- time to be alone with the clock again so mm-hmm. she does make that effort but then i think she just clearly panics, panics. Yeah. and i think one of the reasons that they have her say like i'm not a killer is to to set mm-hmm. it up for the fact that vivian kind of panics like she's not yeah. a good good at being a criminal she's really not good at being a criminal much <laughs> like lady who was supposed to get the cocaine back from freeway's kennel <laughs> remember that moment where yes. she's like yeah. on par with that yeah. villain where yeah. it's like she she's in the heart's space she and has she fucks that shit she up has so it in her hard hand and she dr- she throws the kennel because freeway is yeah. barking at yeah. her or something yeah and it's like that's the one thing you needed was the kennel the one freeway's thing she was also barking at vivian yeah yeah totally. oh, freeway right. jr Freeway Junior does not fuck like that. Canadian no, Freeway, Freeway Junior got, uh, yeah, Canadian Freeway Junior. We were like, what happened to the other Freeway Junior? Yeah, that was a different, fully different. I guess dog. that dog had a DUI and couldn't go <laughs> into Canada. Go Canada. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's just like the whole car stealing thing. I was so confused about why she even stole that car at the beginning of the episode. I was like, what's going on? The thing with the car, again, the thing is, uh, I don't know why I'm doing this. There's no point in me doing this. Like trying to like she already got the car. She, t- she took the goddamn car. She could have just like got the clock and the got clock. the shit and then jumped yeah. off the bridge after that. Yeah. There's, but I don't know why I'm trying to make. <laughs> 
make a movie that was made 30 fucking yeah, years yeah. ago make any kind of sense. Right, exactly. Uh, because if... Although to be clear, people did have things that made sense 30 years ago. True. It, time has not, yeah. like, it's not like, oh, oh in the last 30 yeah. years, we no, finally that's... found our senses. <laughs> yeah, there you could make a logical story. We found a linear narrative. We have uh, discovered logic in 20... Quite the opposite. Totally. But I think I was suggesting that it's too late for me to make any changes to this movie. (laughs) Yes, but I want you to talk about how ugly the nineties are. (laughs) I mean, I I already did. I I did that in the first movie and I I promised in that episode that I wasn't gonna do that every episode and Mm. I'm not. Uh, I loved some of the stuff like this one that it just like looked so great. I, mostly Vivian just looked great. But what you're saying is true. It's just like these are just like very simple things to fix that I could if I sat down for 10 minutes, I could think of a thousand different ways for the hearts to have something that she needed. They've done it a thousand times over the course of the series. I don't They've know if done the it at least were, 111. Times yeah, before. I don't know if the, <laughs> if the writing was the same. Writers were the same for the movies, but there's there are ways to have this work and also the the entire um scavenger hunt that max left them sort of got lost in the mix and that could have been I a really loved that and i wanted more of that i wanted, I wanted more of that i Just... wanted a national treasure kind of yes <laughs> and like maybe it's these villains trying to yeah like a westing game kind of a vibe exactly. right? yeah. yeah like the villains are trying to figure out what max left them before they do and they're trying to get the clues or whatever like there's like and they like every step of the way is different in this scavenger hunt they go to the antique store to get a cuckoo clock, which they then, the next step of the scavenger hunt is to bring the cuckoo clock with Marie to a bar to then just like they hang out at this bar. They open it at the bar to meet Goldie. Yeah. And, <laughs> which I was just like, And then what? from at the bar, they get tickets to the concert. And then uh-huh. go to a concert. And then at the concert, they, nothing happens at the nothing concert. Nothing happens. Nothing good, anyway. Yeah. And they miss the first. They the meet show the rudest lady in Montreal. The okay. meanest lady oh in Montreal. Oh my god, that lady. The the. I'm like, please oof. punch that lady. The symphony scene <laughs> it's, it's, was giving me hives. It's yeah. it's maybe the most successful scene of the entire movie. I love. I was so uncomfortable. Yeah. It was. Ma- I was right. crawling out of my fucking skin yes. the entire time. The establishing shot of that crowd yes. is the <laughs> most bored looking people in existence. They look so miserable to be in that crowd of people watching whatever random concert this is. I loved that Jonathan turned on Jennifer Instantly. Right. Yeah. I don't know you. Yeah. I don't know you. That was so yeah. good. That That's... was such a great like couple move. It was and like Corey J. Brewer said, the most relatable moment of the hearts in the whole show. Yeah. Well, yeah. right. And for contacts or people that are not remembering this, the hearts basically do over and over again the Looney Tunes like, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon yes. me, excuse me, pardon me. <laughs> And it is horrifying. And then suddenly all of the Canadians are haters to the maximum. And they are all like, like just freaking out, just (laughs) losing their shit times a billion. Except for the usher who is doing his job so beautifully, Uh saying all the right legitimately normal things. Except for the fact that you would not let people go in. Yeah. 
in the middle of that movement. Oh no! Of but of the animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't. We can't go there. <laughs> but the hearts are billionaires. I'm allowed if if everybody I can go there a couple times. What I love that oh, I'm that just saying like I, the, it's the royal we like <laughs> we yeah. as viewers of this yeah. <laughs> material the royal we yes because Canada <laughs> and um, um, yeah Jennifer is clutching the clock because she's not going to let it out of her sight because she knows which is which is normal and yeah. smart yes. right but and then it's the one clock of were like yes Jennifer that's a normal smart thing to do yeah but Thank then you. the clock starts going off of which course is cracking which me is up amazing. I was like, this is so this is pre uh, ubiquitous cell phone so no one yeah. has any idea yeah. what to do when that yeah. happens so yeah. no. and you knew it was coming yes I, w- I was like in my head I'm like is it going to be a quarter to nine are they that late to the performance did it start at eight what yeah. movement is the yeah. is the Saint Sens on <laughs> yeah it's yeah and then the usher comes back everyone's shushing them so like the most severe shushing crazily like leaning yes. leaning forward Pretty and getting great. in their face Pretty angry, great shushing. <laughs> that woman with the angry face in Jennifer's face shushing her i can't that's so insane but then what's crazy they pass the clock out to the usher the usher leaves the clock sound effect goes away then they he passes them the claim ticket for it they get shushed handing that piece of paper to each other which i thought was so funny because there's no noise happening that, at that all. was really funny but they could <laughs> they still get shushed by these insane canadians that are but just jennifer's like, like the whole time when they're because they're the whole setup is like they that there's those motherfuckers in the heart seats. Yeah, so really, yeah. it's those people's yes, fault. Mainly, there are they really that late? Maybe they are. I think they are. The, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. the uh, like Jennifer's like, oh no 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 no, like we're there's two empty seats back there, and then begins the cavalcade of like very real. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. of Jennifer just like whispering and yeah. mouthing i'm sorry to every single person yeah that is upset with them including that same mean ass lady who <laughs> when jennifer is walking out at the yes, end of the I concert love this moment. and they have loved it it is their favorite mm-hmm. piece like apparently their favorite classical piece is this thing and <laughs> There, she's like, oh, that was the the most amazing. What a, a amazing heavenly, evening, heavenly or whatever. Experience. Yeah. And then that bitch, that woman. <laughs> I can't. I the just... shushing woman says, "Well, thanks to you, it was quite another experience for me." And it's like, so you were like in she... hell the whole yeah. time. Like what? What an insane. That's thing to say I. To I somebody. don't know. Maybe it's just because we are. We now live in a time where we can watch TikToks of of. Uh, women yelling at people <laughs> because they they yeah. ordered something weird at a at a in front of them in line at a fast food restaurant. Uh-huh. That all just worked for me. This like it I all worked. Lo- yeah, I love this, it. It was just like, yep, Canadian Karen. But like that woman, <laughs> that woman was ready to murder somebody. She 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 was just no. She was just a miserable person who is ready to be mad. She's high for, on my for any reason, and she was probably thrilled who killed to the have a legitimate reason to be angry at someone. Yeah, mm. the way she shushed Jennifer and like the shush stuck was her really, really angry good. face <laughs> in Jennifer's face. I can you imagine doing that? I can't imagine doing that. I mean, I get why they're. Because there's the whole animal theme and with the clock and the hearts love animals, especially Jennifer, and that's that's a thread. Mm-hmm. But of course, because I'm always just wanting something spooky, if they were going to use a piece by that composer, 
please, 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 please use Don's Macabre, which is one of my favorite things ever. But I realize that would not, that is not a zero fit for this this um, film. But. but it's, it's, don't you think that's more of a fit for the hearts? Potentially. Whose friends die every vacation they go on. <laughs> it's just a piece of music that I, I never tire of. Mm. I love it so much. I thought that when Vivian was on the phone, I was like, is that Feruza Balk? <laughs> like, she no. just looked so much like her. And I looked it up. Her name's Tara Sloan, who played Vivian. And she doesn't have any photos on IMDb, yeah. which is hmm. kind of shocking to me. But she and I have the same birthday. Oh. September 7th. And, but hers Aww. is uh, 1973. And huh. yeah. Tara Sloan. I thought she was so great in this, and she didn't seem like she was in a lot of other things. She a Canadian actress or American? She was, yeah, she's Canadian. I think it was Nova Scotia, I think is where she said she was mm. born. Um, sure. Halifax, Nova Scotia. Yeah, Nova Scotia. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, she was in that show, La Femme Nikita. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. La Femme de Man. Canada really, Canada really does great by their artists. Yes. I love when she's ha- has the gun on Marie. They're in the Volvo and the hearts are right behind them, behind a bunch of other people who are driving the same mile the <laughs> kilometer same per hour. Kilometer per hour, which is very slow. Negative five kilometers. <laughs> she insists, Vivian says, lose them. And to lose <laughs> them, Marie, the seconds before turning right, puts her left blinker on. <laughs> Yes. So yeah. Good. Canadian. Like, yeah. Just like, oh fuck! Like, which way are they gonna go? It's I love like, it. They'll trust me if I put my left yeah, blinker on. Such yeah, a good that's the that's the Volvo version, Canadian Volvo version of Psych. Uh-huh. <laughs> psych. Oh my lord! So, so there must good. be a race course on the weird little Expo Island yes. that the thing is on, right? I guess huh. so. that you can access just from the street. <laughs> <laughs> like some road just goes there. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had some smoked meat. I'm sorry I keep bringing it up. No, I'm not. Uh, speaking of smoked meat. Ooh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes. Smoked Canadian bacon. It's time for Pick Your Pope. Joe. Oh, am I up first? Yes. Oh, shit. Well, the obvious answer is this guy, uh, Ronnie, obvious answer, because he's like, they like use him as a sex symbol throughout the episode, but I'm going with Freddie, Freddie, because (laughs) I just want to hang out with him. He just seemed so rad. Yeah. Freddie is like someone that we would absolutely kick it with. He's the bronze satin apparel wearing antique Limoges <laughs> dealer and he just makes the logic the most logical thing in this episode is when he runs out of the store after seeing that gun and tells and the freaks, hearts yeah. and is just ah! like she's got a gun and she took marie and like help help them and i think that might be the last time we see him in the episode and it's just like yeah that's what you would do in that situation hmm. so yeah it's him hmm. Ellen? So you're saying both his fanciful wardrobe and his pragmatic um, yes. actions? Yes. And Interesting I just want, I just duality, want to be there when Freddy. he discovers that bronze satin. I just want to see that moment when he's like, this is me. <laughs> <laughs> 
deep deep dive. Mm-hmm. Deep dive. Mm-hmm. Um, eh, <laughs> mm, um, the detective. I'm trying to be like a a better <laughs> the cuckoo clock. A better <laughs> s- sport, like in and play. Mm-hmm. Um, nicely. Um, Kurt. Kurt. Yeah. The truck driver. No, the the clockmaker. Oh yeah, yeah. He's really cute. Kurt. Kurt was mine. Um, oh, it was until Henri showed up. The, ma- the man of Hench. Yep, the man the, of Hench. Uh, Henri oh, and Paul, yeah. who I referred to right. as Ed Harris and Danzig. Yes, um, <laughs> Henri was Ed Harris of that of that duo, and he I'm was like, <laughs> "Mother." Is there a clock I gotta I'm find tonight? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god! Henri was actually smoking hot. Like he, like yeah. when he got a moment to shine, he really shined, yeah. and I was on. Yeah, but but Kurt was actually my my for the entire episode. It was Kurt. Like he had great lips. Um, he when he first showed up on the screen, my first note actually is Kurt's the bad guy. Oh yeah, because <laughs> he like kisses Marie in this really like lurid way when she exits the uh, bequeath bequeathment bequeathment <laughs> the bequeath aquarium le bequeathment the dome de bequeath I le bequeath the bequeath <laughs> <laughs> Epcot de Bequeath. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. a charm base. Char- the j- <laughs> uh, my only other notes were <laughs> Joan Collins says, anything you two do is terribly intriguing, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there was one Joan Collins uh, quote that I wanted to work on the episode by asking Ellen... Where is it? <laughs> Let me find it. <laughs> I have to find it. If you don't mind me saying, Ellen, I've never seen you in such a dark mood. <laughs> when Jennifer, when she starts spouting this like insane, my husband is trying to kill me, but not. Yeah. Right. She's saying With it the ins- big sunglasses on oh the Oh my God. Weird. The Weird. And they're also, having- it's like, wait, they're barbecuing? Yeah, they're having like crudite. they champagne? They're having like lake. I didn't understand that at all. I'm it like, I don't know weird. how time works in Canada, but yeah, the it's- trap shooting, it's always like, you know, when your friend of me is... Tra- is shooting skeet that person is a motherfucker yeah but i i weirdly just checked out from all reality at that point Mm -hmm. in the episode just briefly because when joan collins is wearing giant sunglasses pretending to drink champagne in the middle of the day trying to set somebody else up all i could notice was that she was wearing a small silver crucifix i saw that too my first thought was, well, sh- okay, she's not a vampire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing if they brought vampires into the heart to heart. I think, universe. Yes, jo- I think that might Joan be what Collins, this episode needed. Joan Collins, the actress, was like, I have to wear a small cross during at least one scene just to prove to people that I'm not a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so. Am I convinced? 
like and hammer uncertain. has ruined her, yeah. her Not, image yeah <laughs> yes the scene after she goes off while they're having a lunch a fine lunch and skeet shooting on this lake <laughs> lakefront villa um Ma- uh, freeway brings a ribbon end into jennifer's right. room while she's combing her hair and jennifer's following this ribbon and i thought it would be so amazing if at the other end of that ribbon was joan's dead body <laughs> just this horrifying ending to this little surprise that freeway brought her but it ended up being jonathan with some kind of gift i can't remember i love it when the hearts throw shade at their frenemies because they don't do it nearly enough considering the intense roster just a full jam-packed rolodex of frenemies Mm-hmm. and related awkward dinners or meals we can just expand it to yeah. awkward meals yeah totally um but when jennifer says is this what it's like to be steamrollered yes steamrollered <laughs> yeah not steamrolled steamrollered yeah and they, that was after ronnie did his weird australian accent bit that oh, we yeah. both of us were like what's yeah. what's happening here i was He's like, like What's up with Thunder Down Under? Yeah. Is he actually Australian? Because he I don't didn't know. talk was it a very riff? much before that. Was Joan Collins married to? Wasn't she married to an Australian dude? In young real life? Very likely, yes. I I don't know. Help me, internet. <laughs> I don't know. You're my only hope. All I know is that to any of our listeners that are slightly unfamiliar with Joan Collins, or get familiar, are familiar with Joan Collins, but aren't familiar intimately with Joan Collins. Hammer Please time. watch the 1972 <laughs> Hammer Horror Anthology Tales from the Crypt. Mm. <laughs> Please watch that. Joan Collins gives one of the most insane and wonderful performances ever. Is she the driver? No. No, 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 no. She kills her husband with a fire poker. And then a psycho Santa Claus comes to kill her. Oh my God. And it's, yeah, like it's as crazy as I make it sound. There's a scene where she lights a cigarette at the fireplace. And then when she stands up, she does this shimmy that is so inhuman (laughs) and so amazing. I I can't, I I will try. I will, yeah, you know, okay. I'm going to try my best to remember to play that scene. Record it on my phone <laughs> and put it up on our Instagram yeah, do it. in honor of this episode. Yes, please. I'm terrible at Instagram these days, so forgive me if I don't do that, but I'm going to try to do that. If if I don't, just watch Tales from the Crypt. It's very fun. Mm-hmm. It's an early 70s English horror anthology, so you're not really going to get scared by anything, but you are going to have a good time. Yeah, with Joan Collins. I have no idea why I would think Joan Collins had an Australian husband. She did not. Um. But her current husband was born in Peru. Yeah. Hmm. Thanks, Internet. Bye. Uh, bok, bok. How how old is Joan Collins? No one oh, knows. We don't. We, we don't. Know. don't, know. And, we don't and no one's don't allowed to ask. Sorry. That's not. Oh, sorry. Just throw another shrimp on the Barbie. I don't uh, want to get jumped. Yeah. No, no. We're gonna leave that alone. Um. Yep. One of my last notes is that Vivian <laughs> instead of just dressing up as a maid and getting into the Hart's hotel room 
as a night maid. As a night maid, she knocks out the other maid. I like this is a whole step that you could have just not done. Just go and dress up as a maid and knock on the door. You don't need to knock out and tie up the actual maid. That's so such an insane extra step to that whole thing. To be alone with a clock for thirty the thirty seconds it takes to get that document out of it. Yes, but then we got to hear the actual the day maid head in describe having a knot on her head the size of a pamplemousse. Yes. <laughs> and then we also had a a stupid American. <laughs> we sure uh, yeah. did. Yeah. And it wasn't just us. It was a character in that movie. Yes. It wasn't just us watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> Holy! All right, we have been talking about this Havana Hayes episode no, no, for one hundred minutes. Uh, <laughs> How is that possible? And we still haven't talked about all the characters yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if you can talk about them in your ratings. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! God, I'm up first. Yeah, I really don't know. I'm gonna go with a three point five because there w- there's a lot to this episode movie. There's a lot going on. <laughs> There's there are some good things. It's like Joan Collins is fucking incredible. Bajit Nielsen is amazing. <laughs> I really like her. Montreal, it's like a episode where they're again traveling. I guess every movie is just going to be them in a different place because they don't have a home anymore. They're homeless hearts now. <laughs> uh I would love to know like what kind of house they have back in LA, but I don't think we're ever going to find out at this point. So half of the characters of this thing could have been cut out and it would have been improved in my opinion. But I enjoyed it. So it wasn't like terrible, but it wasn't definitely was rambly and weird and especially a Mac centric episode. Oh my God. The thing we never talked about was like they the hearts go to sleep at the end on the boat that Max sends them onto. Freeway gets up and walks towards the clock, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be!" I was like choking up a little bit, like I'm gonna start crying. This is gonna be a Max remembrance moment of Freeway oh remembering Max, and I was like, "This is gonna be so heartfelt." But what actually happens is the hearts. Ju- like pop out of a giant clock set and do this robotic weird cuckoo clock <laughs> dance and kiss each other in in their uh, like weird makeup and it was like what the fuck that was so strange we were just both happy that they didn't do a whole dance number i thought they were gonna do a full number i thought so too in three quarter time yeah where like that could have been such a beautiful moment of freeway remembering max (laughs) (laughs) and like having a moment where freeway is remembering max would have been such a gorgeous i don't even care if it was just like a bunch of clips edited together that would have been such a powerful way to end this movie but instead they do this weird ass dance cuckoo clock thing and then they do cut to a shot of max with freeway on his lap waving goodbye which was like super sad and beautiful but yeah so for that it's a 3.5 for all that (laughs) shit i thought you were gonna take it further down (laughs) okay uh that's hard for me i also feel like it's a 3.5 um I think for certain things like <laughs> like the heart stress as the figures from the cuckoo clock thing, like 
you both know, I simply mm-hmm. cannot even like I can barely acknowledge it because that's how tense it makes me. <laughs> and that's not uh, that's, you know, it's just it's like it's just whatever's immediately like what shares of one thin wall with Waka Waka. Mm-hmm. So the the Ville de Vaud, you know, I freak out about it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. but that said. It's mostly hard for me because of how much I love Stephanie and RJ. And so it hurts me to feel like I'm having negative thought waves Mm -hmm. about something that they are doing because they are doing it to bring me enjoyment. And I do not, I don't know where I'm going. I mean, I'm just having feelings and feelings. I'll say like the, the scene that really that made me want to give it a five is just the when Robert Wagner says the thing about how Max lived life to the max mm-hmm. that combined with the joke at Havana Hayes when <laughs> Jennifer says that when she would say to Max, do you know that, do you know that you're a great guy? Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, I found those to be super sad and hard and amazing. And I, from the moment this film starts, I am just thinking how hard it must be to be an actor and have characters that are called, you know, played by colleagues written out of out of shows, like when, you know, characters are killed off or when people move on or a story arc ends, like that that must be a bummer. It's hard when anyone that you like to work with leaves mm-hmm. your work orbit. Mm-hmm. That's hard. But to actually have a colleague pass away um, that you care about so much, I just can't even imagine like was it cathartic to have this episode in which they acknowledge the passing of not just the character but also of the actor playing this character like it's just a lot i feel like it i found it like heavy and sad and sweet and all the things Mm -hmm. it's just you know i don't know maybe it's just been a year of really rough loss for me but the Mm -hmm. big it's just like fuck where am i going with this i don't know why am i talking so long about this episode why are we talking so long about this episode because it's ooh, it's, it's hard and smoked smoked meat and all those and all the things four a four, four. wow uh i'm going 3.5 which is uh-huh, interesting which is up from what i was going to rate it because we talked about it so much and uh talking about it made me like the twisty turny ridiculous yeah plot a little bit more mm-hmm. but also because we don't have max anymore uh i don't think we're gonna have any fives from me anymore like it's max was not just my favorite character on the show but <gasps> like a major reason that i love the show even though he's not in every episode and he's like like he's max was a major reason i love the show and his last his last roles in the movies was not what it would have been if he would, was younger i feel oh well but yeah i mean but that's just that's time mm-hmm. like that's just time showing <laughs> showing its ugly fucking face mm-hmm. um but yeah it's a it's a 3.5 it's it really felt long mm-hmm. but in retrospect it's pretty fun. Yeah. There's a lot of random bullshit that was fun. 
<laughs> two hearts uh, two hearts in three quarter time gets 11 hearts which gives it heart attack status low heart attack yeah yeah but a heart attack nonetheless ellen what mm -hmm. are we doing next so glad you asked wow second to the last film oh my god we're going to talk about hearts in high season on a trip to australia the hearts plan to purchase a wildlife reserve from jennifer's old flame elliot manning when Manning begins to behave strangely, a series of disturbing events reveals that this rivalry is no longer so good-natured, and the hearts find themselves bait in a trap. Mm. Fun. Hearts in Australia. Australia. We they haven't are, been to Australia yet. But they will never, just ha they will never have a home again, which is <laughs> well, another loss. Honestly. I don't know. I don't know. There's one more movie, and they, they, uh, they have to obviously, like, End, end it somewhere. in a very satisfying way that everyone was thrilled with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. There's no way that that doesn't happen. Uh, like how all TV shows, <laughs> TV shows and movies it's, end. It, that's just how it works. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Thank you all so much for listening to us uh, for talk about this movie for two hours. We are we are almost no, we're almost God. a half an hour longer than the we movie. Are losing it! Wow, really? um, we are yes, losing it, which is ridiculous. I really I I can't believe we've talked this long about this episode. I feel like it's a reverence to Lionel Stander. A little true, bit. true, true, true. He deserves he deserves his own podcast yeah um and maybe when we do our recap we'll spend a good chunk of time on lionel mm -hmm. wait did Corey j brewer give it a rating did the Corey sister brewer, community players give it a rating? okay sorry Corey j brewer gave this one four hearts oh wow um he loved the bad guys and it made him cry oh <laughs> and he wrote so instant four hearts yeah uh the sister community players forgot to add ratings for this particular movie Mm. Um, and I I understand why. Maybe they just decided they didn't want to say anything about this yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, time to go. Uh, if you want to talk to us more, please hit us up on Instagram at it was murder pod or Twitter at it was murder pod or just email us at it was murder pod at gmail dot com. You can watch these movies along with us by googling the title, and it'll just come up. It might look shitty. You can rent it from Scarecrow Video. <laughs> at scarecrow.com you can rent it anywhere in the world uh and the, or anyone in the united states i'm pretty sure maybe north america mm -hmm. and they'll send it to you mm -hmm. uh, or you can just buy it off ebay for like 10 bucks uh and there you go um please rate and review us where you are listening to this you give us five stars and you write a nice review we get a lot more listeners and it <laughs> the podcast can continue on with a life of its own <laughs> Uh, the most realistic thing that happened in this episode, I was saving for the end. Freeway takes up two thirds of the heart's bed. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> what it's like. And seeing that filled my heart with yeah, joy and so makes me very happy to say good night, Freeway Jr. <laughs> good night, Freeway Jr. Sorry, Joe's super mad about your interaction with the coop. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the most realistic part for you is the cuckoo clock dance. <laughs> good night, Freeway Junior, and good night, Max. Uh, onward, Max. <laughs> <laughs>